0: John chapter 1, verse 1, and it reads as follows. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for this Sunday morning. We thank you for uh, the Chinese school people, new folks out here, at least 50 of them that are here to learn Chinese, but hopefully to learn the gospel, to learn about you, Lord. Right now, we're going to hear a little bit more about your gospel and your teaching and your word. Lord, be with me as I try to share something a little bit about it so that this audience can get a blessing, that this audience can learn something from it, that in the same time, all the other Sundays, all the other messages going on right now, that your message will be heard and learned from all the other groups, whether it be from the youngest age to the oldest age, Lord. And pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So today, I'm going to talk a little bit about something. Again, if you heard the first half message, I would say that was something obvious, right? Second half message is also going to be something obvious today. So how did I come up with this? As you guys know, sometimes these ideas just come to me randomly, right? Randomly talking to people, talking to some of you guys sometimes, inspire me, or hear other messages and they inspire me to talk about certain things. And God puts the message in my heart, right? So this came from talking with Elaine one day. I don't know how we started talking about this, but Elaine one day was talking about her old church. Once upon a time when she used to go to a different church. Before we got married and all that kind of stuff and she was saying you know back at her old church these have this class for new believers like people who just believe in jesus right and they would put them through the this whole class about all the basics of what it means to believe in jesus and what it means to be a christian and this class it would go on for like a whole year right like almost a whole year this class they would have at elaine's old church right and she told me I don't know why we're talking about She's like, what? wouldn't it be great if our church had a class like that, right? Wouldn't it be like wonderful that if someone, you know, that they, they got saved and now you got to teach them all the basics, the A to Zs of being a Christian. What does that mean to believe in God and Jesus and all this stuff? And I said, no, we can't do that. Oh, we're going to have a whole class like that. Who's going to go to that class, right? I said, oh, you know, and I said this, I said, also, oh, you know, we talk about this stuff all the time, too. We kind of go over a lot about who's Jesus and what does it mean to believe in Jesus, talk about praying, go to church and all that stuff. Isn't that good enough? But she was like, oh, sometimes that's like so random, like it's disjointed. Like you get that one message one time and talk about 15 other things in between. And then there's another message about it one time by Nathan or whatever, this, that, and the other thing. And then Melvin will talk about something basic. It's like, oh, the basics aren't all there, right? sometimes we need to know and hear the basics so i said i don't know you know because if we had a class like that i probably wind up getting stuck teaching it right right <laughs> that's another reason i was like oh, you are not have a class like that but i thought about it more and more and then i heard another pastor talk about how it's surprising it's surprising how some people in that church that that pastor taught at didn't know Right? They were sitting in that church for how, how, how many longs. They didn't know the basics. they have been going out to church for months and months, maybe even a year. And they were not even saved. They didn't know what it means to be saved. What does it mean to believe in Jesus Christ? What does it mean to be a Christian? That's what this other pastor told me. And when I heard that, and I heard Elaine saying, I said, maybe it is worthwhile, even though... Hopefully, most of you guys in this audience will roll your eyes and say, boy, we've heard this message 15 million billion times already. Why are you boring with us with the same message again? Because maybe someone hasn't. Maybe someone needs this. Maybe this is the encouragement we need. We need to hear the fundamentals sometimes. Maybe sometimes we need to hear the basics. We shouldn't have anyone here say, I've been coming out to this church for months and months years and years. And I still don't know what it means to be a Christian. I still don't know what it means to be saved. I'm still not saved. I still don't understand or whatever, but you didn't have anybody like that. We're supposed to have these elementary things to build off of, right? In school, that's the way it works, right? You have the building blocks. You go to elementary school. You learn like addition and subtraction. And once you learn addition and subtraction, that's how you can do multiplication and division. And you know multiplication and division? You can do algebra. When you do algebra, you can do advanced algebra and trigonometry and calculus, right? You can't skip any step, right? You can't just say, I don't know addition and subtraction, but I know the derivative of f of x, right? It doesn't work that way, right? You can't, you can't, you can't skip. You got to know the basics. So for even those of you in the audience here today who say, yes, I've heard this a million times, yes, I know this, everything, it's good to always review the basics because that's the foundation. That's what we build our whole faith on, that we know the basics and we can share the basics and we live out the basics. So today we talk a little bit about these basics, these fundamental doctrines of our faith. You know, many churches, they have what are called doctrinal statements, right? You look at them. They have it written down somewhere. We believe in X, Y, and Z, right? And uh, you can look at it and see like, oh, these are the basics. That's what they consider to be the basics and the fundamentals of such and such church or whatever. And, you know, we never got around to have someone write that thing for our church, right? I don't think Melvin or Nathan sat down and said, I'm going to write down what are the key points or whatever, right? It hasn't happened. I think in general, we would say this. What is our doctrinal statement? Our doctrinal statement is right here. It's in the Bible, right? It's we believe the Bible. The Bible is right. And that's our fundamental, right? That's our basic, right? But of course, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible. You know, hundreds of pages right here, right? And some stuff might be more basic and elementary, you know, than other stuff, right? We ought to know certain things about the Bible when it comes to... Uh, Jesus Christ when it comes to God more so than learning about you know what happened on the, you know to this tribe of Israel on this date way back when 1,000 years ago maybe that is not as important to know not as fundamental right the random uh, trivia of the Bible so today I want to spend a few minutes talking about the most basic the most simple the most foundational truths of the Bible that everyone in this audience has to know you just got to know it if you don't know it that means that I've been doing a terrible job that means that Elaine is 100% right that we really do need a class on this stuff that you guys you know I've been doing a bad job teaching you guys The Sunday school's a failure Nathan's a failure Melvin's a failure right you know that's the truth if we don't know these things so I'll talk a little bit about about the basic fundamentals of our faith. And I was just talking to the the, the college just a few minutes ago, right, that I hear a lot of you guys are going back to school, right, in uh, in a few days, right, back to start your new semesters. And when you go off to new school, and some of you guys may be starting off school for the first time. When you go there, you might wind up having to go to a different church, be fellowshipping with different Christians. I'll say this to you today. As you hear these things, as you hear these basic foundational doctrines. You can use this as your litmus test. Does this church, does this fellowship follow these basic principles? If the answer is no, they're not a group that I'd recommend. Don't go to these people if they don't follow these basic few basic things. These should be universal. It should be every single church should follow these things. If they're not, I don't even know how they can call themselves a church, right? So. That's the added thing for you college people going back. So maybe you guys will get something out of this today, hopefully. Hopefully someone will get something out of this. But let's talk about today the basic fundamentals of the faith. Number one, most obvious thing, God. We wouldn't be here if we didn't believe in God, did we? All right? This kind of goes without saying. This is like the most obvious point of all. Yes, there is a God. One triune God, right? Meaning the God in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's one God. One God over all. One God that is the creator of everything. It says in Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. We believe that. We believe that there's an all-powerful God that created everything, created everything in just six days as it says in the bible right i tell you what there's some churches out there that get this wrong they might say we believe in god but they say we don't believe god created everything in six days right they believe oh six days is you know an analogy they believe that six days includes like oh there was like a billion years between each day so really it was like six billion days or whatever something like that right Or they believe that these days are symbolic of some kind of evolutionary idea or whatever. You know, all these things that people make up, that's not consistent with what we know of God. If you believe this, that in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, that's the most fundamental tenet of our faith, right? That there's a God, God created everything. When God creates everything, God makes the rules. Guess what? God can do anything. A church that says God can't create heaven and earth and everything in six days is telling you that God is not all-powerful. A church that believes that God is not all-powerful, that he can't do everything, that his word is a lie, that's a church with the wrong doctrine. That's a church with the wrong fundamentals. The fundamental thing is that God is God. God is omniscient. God is all powerful. God is sovereign. God is perfect. God is a personal God. He knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about the world. He knows everything there is to know. He controls all. He sees all. He is all. That should be obvious, shouldn't it? Shouldn't it? Why are we even here if that's not our God? Who are we even worshiping if that's not our God? Who are we learning about if that's not our God? The most fundamental thing for a Christian, and I won't go into this in detail because I think everyone here hopefully knows this already. Yes, there is a God. Yes, God is all-powerful. Yes, he's the reason why we're here. Right? Now, if we were doing a real class on this, we could talk about this subject for weeks and weeks, I think, right? There's actually a lot to say about this. There's a lot of stuff in the Bible that the Bible says about the person of God, right? There's stuff that we know from our own personal experience of experience God, right? But today, I'm just trying to do the highlights, the highlights. If there's anything here, if there's anything here that someone in this audience here says, you know what, Norman, I do want to hear more about that. I don't understand. I don't understand. What do you mean? God's all powerful. God's this and that, you know. Or one of the other things that talk about. If you don't understand, come talk to me. Come let me know. Even if we don't do the big class between everybody. I'll do the class even if it's one person. Just for you, if you want to know this. Or I'll give a second message, a part two of this. The fundamentals. Part two. If, we, if I think we need more of it. And we need people to know about this, right? But I'll cut the short right here because I think it's obvious. Hopefully it's obvious. Yes, there's God. Point number two, another really, really obvious point, hopefully you guys all know this already, that's the inspiration, the supremacy of the Bible. The Bible right here, the one right in our hands, the one right all in front of me here, the Bible is the literal word of God period. When we read these words, when we read, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, it means that God was from the beginning, His Word was from the beginning, right, from the creation that we just talked about, all through now, all through ever, the Word was made flesh, all these things. It's all the Word. All about the power of the Word. All about the Bible. That is our faith, the foundation of our faith, the inspiration of the Bible. It says right here, 2 Timothy 3.16, what? All scripture is given by inspiration of God. All the words here are literally God-breathed. We're not reading the words of just John or Paul or Timothy or whoever the writer is. We are reading the literal words of God. You say God doesn't talk to you. That's false. God's written a whole book of words that he said to us right here in the Bible. And we believe that every single word in this Bible is true. It happened. It's real. It's a message we have to follow. It is perfect. It is the basis of our faith. Folks, there's some people out there that say this. They say the Bible is a myth. Just like the Greek myths, right? In the olden days, the Greeks, they talked about all these gods, right? We have all these gods. We have, you know, Zeus and whoever else. I don't remember all of my Greek gods from high school, right? But, you know, you name all these Greek gods, and, you know, we studied them in school, and now we say, oh, they're myths right it's not an actual thing that happened but it represents stuff and it tells a good story and you can learn from it and a lot of people say isn't the Bible the same way right we don't follow everything in the Bible whether it be like something like creation oh creation is a myth right some churches believe that and say oh some of this stuff in the Bible it is a myth let's not follow it right it's just a quote story it's not real Right? Did Noah's Ark really happen? Was it really a flood? No, no, no. It's just a story. It's trying to teach us a lesson. And some churches will say, we're going to learn the lesson from it, but obviously we're not going to tell you that this is a true story, right? No. That's wrong. The fundamental part of our faith, the thing that goes without saying, that should be so obvious that everyone here knows, is that if we believe that there's a God and this is God's book, that his book is right. His book is right all the time. There's never a time when it's wrong. There's never a time when it's fake. There's never a time when the story is not true. All the stories are true. You say, this is ridiculous. How could there be a worldwide flood? It happened. This is ridiculous. How can some guy live to be 900 years old? It says so in the Bible. It happened. How could it be that someone died and came back to life? It happened. The Bible says so. This is our faith. This is what we believe. This is foundational. If we don't have that, how can we have anything else? If we can't believe that God can make a flood that covers the whole water, how can you believe Jesus saved you from your sin? Aren't both just miracles? Oh yeah, we can't believe that miracle. That's too crazy. But we'll believe this miracle. Jesus saved us, right? There's a disconnect. If you don't have that foundation of both things then nothing makes sense. And any churches that try to make excuses and say, well, the Bible isn't always right. The Bible can be updated or changed or whatever whatever. They're going down the wrong path. And we see it today. Believe it or not. There's people who say like, "Oh, you know, if God wrote the Bible today, he would have done it differently." That's how we get all these newfangled ideas like, "Oh, we can have, like some churches say, we can have like the homosexual pastor, right? Because they would say, if God wrote the Bible today, he would have changed that part. He wouldn't have written all that bad things about homosexuals, right? Now he would know that it's, uh, it's just people that love him and love different people, right? or people would say stuff like, you know, the Bible has all these antiquated ideas about the role of men and women. If God wrote it again today, right, surely he would speak up more for women's rights and let women be pastors and this and that, right? And some churches, they really believe that, right? They've written their own things that are not the Bible, right, that they consider to be the rule of their church, that they follow and they believe instead. Folks, anything like that is wrong. It's wrong. The Bible is right, period. Once you do that, what difference is that between uh, uh, writing up your own doctrine to say that it's okay, we're going to have the woman pastor even though it's totally against you know, what it says in the Bible. What's the difference between that and being like, the, uh, the Mormon church and saying, I'm gonna write my whole Book of Mormon and why don't you believe this? Or I'm gonna be like the Catholic church and have all these apocryphal books and you can read that. Or I'm gonna be like the Jehovah's Witness and say, here's your watchtower, this is your guide, right? Not the Bible, read this thing instead. There's no difference. We say all those things are wrong. Christians who say those things are wrong, right? Well, it's just as wrong to pervert God's word in the same way through any other mean it should be fundamental it should be obvious the bible is right period evil doesn't make sense to me yes i agree some of the things doesn't make sense to me i don't know how this can be true i don't understand it doesn't make sense or whatever but i accept it because that is the foundation of our faith the foundation of our faith is the bible is true the foundation of our faith also is the person of jesus christ jesus christ is god is god And was God's own son he was born of a virgin right he lived the perfect sinless life that's basic that's fundamental anyone who just says something like Jesus Christ is just a guy he's just a regular guy that's wrong I never knew any regular guys that had no father that were born of a virgin right I never knew any regular guys that could live a perfect sinless life he was, even though he was born and had flesh like you and me, he was not like you and me. He was special. He was different. He was God. It says in Philippians 2, verse 6, who being in the form of God, talking about Jesus, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He was equal with God, right? But made himself of no reputation and took the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross." That's what Jesus Christ did for us. He was God. He came to earth for us to make this substitutionary sacrifice, that he died on the cross for your sins, my sins, everyone's sins. This is what we believe about Jesus Christ. He was a special, special person. He's not just a regular guy. If he was a regular guy, he couldn't do it, right? You can't just say, Norman Lau, I'm gonna go die on the cross for your sins. It doesn't work. It only works if you're the son of God. It only works if you live the perfect sinless life. It only works that you're his son born of a virgin, powerful as God, equal with God. It only works if what? You rise from the dead three days later, giving full assurance. For the payment of sins. That's right. Jesus Christ raised himself from dead. Why? To prove to us that he could pay for our sins. We believe this. We believe that all of us sinners owe this debt to Jesus Christ, that he saved us from our sins through his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Romans 5.8 says this, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Any church that discounts Jesus Christ, any church that does not uphold Jesus Christ as God. Any church that does not recognize his resurrection is doing it wrong. They've got the fundamentals wrong. Hate to pick on the Jehovah's Witness cult, but they have all these things about how Jesus Christ was just a guy. That's wrong. That's wrong. He's not like you and me. He was not just a guy. It doesn't work if he's just a guy. Our faith is wrong if he's just a guy. The Bible never says he's just a guy. The Bible says over and over again, he is God. The word was made flesh. Connected to that, the fundamental belief that we have is all connected, right? Right? is that there's a judgment. We talked so much about judgment in Sunday school, right? There's a judgment of humans. Humans were created by God, right? We talked about creation earlier today. They're created by God, by choice fell into sin. We all done wrong. We've all sinned, right? And our sin leads to condemnation. It leads to eternal judgment. It's elementary. We ought to all know this, right? It makes sense to us on a most most fundamental level. We know with our own kids, right? If your kid does something wrong, there's a punishment. you got to punish them, right? Teach them that they did something wrong, right? Our Heavenly Father is the same with us. He knows that when we do wrong, there's a punishment. And sadly, it's an eternal punishment, right? Because of our sin, we all, as it says in Romans 3.23, we all come short of the glory of God. We can't be with God. There is a literal hell an eternal lake of fire, something we ought to be scared about, a true judgment waiting for us as punishment for our sins. We believe this. This is true. It's in the Bible. If we believe the fundamental truth that there's God, this is his word, the Bible, the Bible is true, then we have to believe that there's hell. And there has to to be a punishment for our sin. And that's that's a punishment we're scared of. Believe it or not, believe it or not, there's some churches out there that do not believe in The literal place of hell. They say, yeah, we believe in God and the Bible, all that, but oh, God is so loving, He would never, ever make people go burn forever. That's so horrible. No, God wouldn't do that. Well, folks, if you read the Bible, that's exactly what He says He will do. That's the truth. That's the truth of judgment that we have to know, we have to understand. That's what's got to motivate us in our lives, right? That's what pushes us to say, hey, we need to get saved. That's what pushes us to get more people saved, right? To understand that, yes, there's a judgment out there waiting for all of us. Waiting for you and me, our loved ones, our family, our friends, all the people walking on the street, all the people, our neighbors here, there, everywhere. There's hell waiting for everybody. And if you don't understand that, you miss the fundamental, there's a judgment and that's why we need point number five salvation right because if there wasn't hell if there wasn't judgment who cares about salvation who cares about Jesus we don't need him we don't need to be saved but we do that's what God tells us we have to have this salvation through Jesus Christ Through believing that Jesus Christ died on the cross to take away our sins, that Jesus Christ rose from the dead to prove he triumphed over our sins, we need that to save us. Salvation, the most fundamental thing about salvation, is that it's through faith in Jesus Christ alone. It's a free gift, not tied to any work, right, but just Jesus if it wasn't any clearer God's word says it just like this Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 for by grace grace are you saved through faith faith and not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works not of works lest any man should boast right we're saved simply through faith just by having it in our heart yes God I believe in Jesus that Jesus saved me from my sins that's it it's that simple it's that easy. You know, there was one time I was riding the bus home from work one day, and I was working on one of my messages on the bus. And for whatever reason, one of these, some other guy saw me working on, saw me read, looking at the Bible and writing stuff down feverishly or whatever, and he wanted to talk to me. Because he says, Oh, you're reading the Bible? I'm a Christian too. I want to talk to you. Oh, what are you writing about? Oh, tell me about this. And I was, you know, writing about whatever I was writing, one of these messages, right? And somehow we got started talking about baptism right and he said oh baptism is so great you know you got to get baptized if you want to get saved right and i was like no i don't think that's true right what are you talking about he said yeah you know in my church this is what we teach we teach that look in the bible a lot of times after they got people got saved in the bible they got baptized right away so clearly baptism requirement for salvation right and i talked to this guy i said no you got all wrong. What, what do you mean? People got saved first, and then they got baptized, right? It doesn't make sense in any way. Otherwise, that goes against what it says here. You're not supposed to do any good works to get saved. Baptism would be a good works. You don't need to do anything. Salvation's free, right? Anyone get saved, right? And he's like, no, 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 no. And you try to tell me some Bible verse or whatever. I said, look at this. And this is the point I bring out to you guys, and one that I always ask everyone to remember whenever they doubt or have questions. Said, so what about the thief on the cross? The thief on the cross next to jesus right he was stuck on the cross right nailed there just like jesus he got saved right he called out to jesus and then jesus told him that day he said today you'll be with me in paradise he got saved did that guy ever get baptized no did that guy even do any good works at all in his life? Who knows, right? He's a criminal, he didn't get executed. He didn't come to Jesus until the last second, right the moment he was getting executed. Did that guy get saved? Yeah. Jesus said literally out of his own words, you're gonna be with me today in paradise, right? And so I told this to the guy in the bus, and he started making up this excuse. He's like, oh yeah, that's a special case because uh he Jesus was there, right? Yeah, Jesus is there, so it's different, right? I said, no. It's not a special case. It's not different. Jesus has one rule for us. All the same, we can all get saved the same way through faith. Then he's trying to do this. He's trying this argument. He says, but don't you believe that you gotta pray to get saved? If you get pray, isn't prayer an action? Aha! How can you say there's no works? You gotta pray. Therefore, everyone has to do good works to get saved. End of story. And you know, back then, I wasn't smart. You know, I, Years later, now it's a couple years later, I have a better answer from now. So I gave a not as good answer back then. If I had to give a better answer, this is what I'd give them today. I would tell them this. I would say the same thing I just said about the thief in the cross and everything else. right? I would say this. Where in the Bible does it say, you must pray certain words to get saved? Does it? Does it? When did the thief in the cross say, dear God, please look in my heart. I know I've sinned and blah, 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 and all those words. He never said those words, right? What did he need? He simply needed faith. Faith, right? We just read it in Ephesians, right? We're saved through faith alone, not through a word, not through this prayer. The prayer, we do it, when we witness people as a confirmation, as an affirmation of, yes, we believe, we're telling God we believe, right? It's part of it, but it's not a requirement. It's possible that you could never, ever say the salvation prayer in your life and still be saved as long as you believe every word of that salvation prayer from your heart. It's also possible that you could say the salvation prayer one time, ten times, a hundred times, and not be saved. Right? We tell our witnesses this. When we tell them, when you're witnessing the kids, you've got to tell the kids, don't just repeat because I'm forcing you to say it, right? Because if they're forcing you to say it, they don't get saved. You repeat this prayer from your heart because you want to go to heaven, because you believe in God. And we emphasize to our witnesses, tell these kids that reason, right? We don't want them to get fooled into thinking, aha, I said the magic words and now I go to heaven. That's wrong. It's by faith alone. And the beauty of it, the beauty of it is that once we have that faith, once we have that faith, we have eternal security, right? That forever and ever, we know we are saved. If at one point in our life, we can say with that conviction, yes, God, I believe Jesus Christ died for my sins, and that he can save me, we've got that faith. You know, Elaine was telling me this shorthand that she heard from another friend, of how do you know that you have that faith? Simple question, just ask you this. If you were to die today, do you believe 100% you're going to heaven? If the answer is yes, you've got that faith, isn't it? Isn't that simple? Isn't that simple? If your answer is no, then you have a great reason to question your faith, right? Maybe my faith isn't right. I said, no, wait a minute, Uh, do I believe Jesus saved Savior from our sins, right? If I say, I don't know, that's equally as questioning, right? Oh, I don't know, maybe I'm going to heaven? That's a test for your own faith right now. Maybe to examine in your own heart right now. Now, the good thing, like I said, is that once we have that, it's forever. Even if later on we question. Because we do question, right? I've questioned in my life. You question your life. Sometimes, oh, Chinese school teachers got to go do your thing. Uh, Chinese teacher, Chinese teacher, so I've done it in my life. You have done it in life. You have questions, right? You feel like, oh, ah, I don't know if I'm, a, if if this, if God, are you really God? God, I'm doing through a hard time. Do I really know that everything you say is right? We have doubts, sure, but as long as we have that faith, we're still saved forever. You know, I'm going to wrap it up like this, simply like this. It says, we got this quote from Charles Hodge. The gospel is so simple that small children can understand it. Isn't that true? We witness the people that are first grade, kindergarten or whatever, they can understand it. It is simple, so basic, so easy, right? But it's also so profound that studies by the wisest theologians will never exhaust its riches. That's the wonderful, great thing about these basic fundamentals. They're so simple, yet there's so much that lead to our whole faith. So I think that's about all I have to say today, but I'll say this before I wrap up. You know, I hope today that now that I'm done and now that you heard these basics, that you guys in the audience will say, boy, that was a waste of time. I already knew everything you said, Norman. You wasted our time. Because that to me tells me that I did my job as a Sunday school teacher and all these other messages, right? And that Nathan's doing a good job and Melvin's doing a good job, right? That you guys got the message, you got the idea, right? But, you know, I think, it's me thinking, that maybe there is someone in this audience that say, you know, Norman, I think it was worthwhile. That I was reminded of something. Or I didn't understand something all the way. Or that I wanted this clarification. Or maybe you still have questions, too. And if you have questions, let me know let me know. I want your feedback, right? If you think I should talk more about these fundamentals, let me know. Maybe we'll have a more fundamental series. Maybe i will have a class. Maybe I'll just talk to you one-on-one. I've got plenty of study materials. If you want to learn more about these fundamentals, sure, there's a lot more to be said than just one message and five points, right? But today, I want to get these most important five points, especially, like I said, if you guys going off to college, you know, you want to associate with other Christians, make sure they get these five points right. The most important five points, I would say. All right, let's end in a word of prayer. Dear God, we thank you for the fundamentals of our faith. It's so obvious. Hopefully it's so obvious. I'm hoping, I'm hoping everyone knows this. I'm hoping everyone says this is a waste of time and we know it already. But Lord, if if there's someone out there that doesn't think so, let them come to you to learn your word more, to learn your basics more, that we can... Teach them and give me the strength to be a better teacher and teach more about what you are and how you save us and all these basic fundamental Christian things. Lord, we want to have that knowledge imparted on everyone here. Lord, we thank you for the Sunday that we have it to worship and honor you and pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.